Hey everyone, Seven Lamb just released the first episode of their new sci-fi show, Crystal Blue. Crystal Blue follows 15 military outcasts stationed in a small base on the outskirts of the galaxy. Each member is forced to work at the base as they serve their terms of punishment. But not long after the newbies arrive, a mysterious shuttle crash lands on the planet. Is this an accident or related to something else? Crystal Blue will be filled with drama, action, and suspense. So if you're looking for a new show, visit 7lamb.com or search for Crystal Blue wherever you listen to podcasts. Seven Lamb presents Paralyzed. Chapter 20, Where the Paths Meet, Part 3. Our flight was at 6. We rushed home, packed our bags, and made for the airport, making it just in time. Hey, Reg. What? When we get there, we should stop by the scene first thing in the morning. Thought it was cleared up. Yeah, but you know how the local boys do it. Fine by me. Mick was able to get us first class. I stretched out and leaned back into my pillow. You think she was trying to head north? To Canada? My eyes were closed, but Mick wasn't going to let me sleep. He typed away on his laptop. Yeah, Spokane isn't far. Do we have the exact location? Not exact, but I'm going through Google Maps right now. Kinda in the middle of nowhere. Outside the city, right? Yeah, far outside. Think she did it on purpose? What, park her car on the tracks? Yeah. Nah. She was probably fleeing and ran out of gas, or maybe had some car trouble. Mick, she's been on the run for a while. If she wanted to flee, she would have done it already. Not nearly a year later. Keeps a low profile. Fucking, uh, that one guy, uh, Mario Polmaroff, was holed up in a fucking town in New Mexico. He didn't make a run for it until two years later. Because he got caught. He was still running supply beforehand. So you're saying Roland's been, uh, busy? Obviously. We know she went to Leyden to investigate the trust murders. Which still doesn't make sense. Why would she need to bring the kid? Unless they were doing that shit together. Which goes against Julia's story. Yeah, well, Julia's gone now. So now things change. You think? Drastically. sleep at all last night. 
I was having withdrawals, and after seeing David again, I could feel everything slowly slipping away. I tried my hardest to stay focused. I decided this would be the day I called the TPD. If Ray isn't there, then I talked to the captain. But I was nervous. David had shown up to warn me. It wasn't the first time. Someone was coming for me, but he wouldn't say who. What if... Roland? Oh, uh, sorry, I was just resting a bit. It's fine. I only have a few more rooms to get to. Roland, really, it's fine. Bridget made it in. Oh. It's not like her to be late, but I told her to watch the front office because I thought maybe we could talk. If you're... ready? Marilyn, or should I say, Mare, had been pressing me ever since the first day. I kept brushing her off because I wasn't sure what she was after. I still didn't understand why she was being so nice to me. I, uh, I don't know. The police were here this morning. I froze, my jaw clenched. They, um, were looking for you. And? But she just shook her head. FBI? No, a state trooper. Oh. I could get in real trouble, you know? I know. So why are you doing this for me? I just made some coffee. Can we talk? Can we please talk? And how wide is your search area? Pretty wide. We had patrols in Spokane, but then we sent officers out to Newport on the border, down to Potlatch and St. John, and then as far west as Davenport. And state patrols? They were notified. Hey, when we got the name, we recognized it right away. We made a call to D.C. I'm pretty sure they put out calls as well. They did. What about the border? What about Idaho? Potlatch is in Idaho. But we called the department in Coeur d'Alene, too. Nothing so far. We were outside of Spokane, north of Spokane Valley, not too far from the Idaho border. The tracks were cleared, and so was the area. Like nothing happened here. How long you guys been looking for her? I ignored Detective Highland. He had driven us out here after picking us up from our hotel. How many cars were on the train? Just nine. Mick was going through photos that were taken at the scene. He was holding them up, trying to match them to our surroundings. He closed one eye as he made the current photo line up with the railway crossing sign. And you said the conductor sounded the horn several times? And the lights were on. Train or the car? Both. So someone was inside the car? Yeah. He thinks he saw the person run out before he hit the car. But after the collision, no one was around. It wasn't a suicide attempt. I thought about Julia and Benson. We would have to follow up on them after we were done here, if nothing came to fruition. The conductor thought the car stalled, and the person jumped out because they couldn't get the car going. He said the headlights flickered a few times. Meaning what? Maybe the battery died? I don't know. How many people were on the train? Conductor and two others. You talked to them all? Of course. The other two guys didn't see anything. 
So, on this list of items found, we have a laptop. Which is with the tech guys right now. Okay. We have books, backpack, clothes. There was a lot. But that's an old list. What are you talking about? It was updated. Last night. But I don't think they added it to the file. Ugh. This is what was given to me. Sure, yeah. But they'll have the updated version when we get to the station. Wait, so what's missing? Well, for one thing, the phone. They found a phone? A burner, yeah. Found it early, yesterday morning. Lucky find, too. They were just about to call it a day. Jesus. Well, where the hell is it? With the tech guys. Mick slammed the file folder shut. Really would have been nice to know up front. Sorry, but it's not like it matters right now. They'll let us know when they have something. Well, shit, Reg. Might as well put this on a silver platter. This is too good to be true, right? So, uh, we done here? Yeah. We're done. We were outside the inn to the left, in a small field just before the wood line. There were a few bird feeders, a picnic table, and an empty bird bath. I need to tell Brody to fill that. He always forgets. But I love watching the birds, especially this time of year. Does it get busy anymore? No. This old highway doesn't see as much traffic as it used to. Sadly, but enough to keep us afloat. So, you're Gunner? Gunner, then Gray, then back to Gunner. My father left me the inn when he passed. Nearly 20 years ago. It's a nice place. Quaint. But sometimes she's not worth the struggle. Mare stared at the building, as if soaking it in for the first time. Why? Why are you being so nice to me? Why do you care? What's the purpose of letting me stay here? You don't really need to help. So why let me occupy one of the rooms? We have plenty. Why me? You remind me of someone. Who? Me. Why? How long have you been... Using. She motioned my arm where the bruise was almost gone now. <sighs> You've got the wrong idea. I do. Not a fucking hooker going around sticking needles in my arms in an effort to make a quick buck. I was in a rough predicament the other night. But you don't want to find your car or call AAA. The cops are looking for you. Now, I'm not saying that you have to tell me everything, but I just want to offer my... support. But why? Because I remind you of you? <laughs> what the hell did you do in your past? Let's just say I've been down some dark roads. I, uh, found myself faced with some tough choices and harsh criticisms. I turned to certain... vices. Not because I needed to, necessarily, but because I needed a release. A way to cope. And to me, it seems like you may be in the same boat. You do this often? Taking strange women who seem like they need help? I've done it before, to varying outcomes. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't like to see people in pain. That's all it means. I'm not in pain. You talk to yourself. <sighs> Listen, I know you mean well. 
But my problems aren't yours, okay? You have no idea what I'm going through. Maybe not. You don't. Now, whether you were able to help people in your past or not, I don't know, and I don't care. How long do you plan on staying? You kicking me out? No, it's just a question. We stared at each other for a long time until the silence became unbearable. (laughs) So, what was it? What was what? Alcohol, pills, heroin. I know meth is pretty popular up here. Various things. Not sure if you're being sincere right now, but I'll explain regardless. The inn was struggling at the time. My father passed. I sold my home, moved in here. My ex-husband Ed wouldn't help at all. I kept a strong head then, through everything. All the abuse. Things started getting worse. More abuse, more fighting. Money wasn't coming in. Then we had a suicide which made the papers. Ended up costing us more money since no one would stay here then. Somebody you know? Somebody in trouble. In pain. Like me? Not quite. She was a young girl. She'd been through a lot, she was hurt, but before the cops could get here, she took her life. And well, things continued to go downhill. Ex kept cheating on me, money all but dried up, took out some more loans trying to fix the place up, and I also found out Ed was stealing money from me as well. I was depressed, started using, started drinking, nearly gave up. Then what happened? Then one day I found out my ex was found dead. The police came to question me. He was murdered? Yeah, but they, uh, never found who did it. And that was the turning point? I, uh, I probably shouldn't say this out loud. God knows it's not the right thing to say, but I just can't help myself. When I received word that my husband was dead, I, uh, I was a bit relieved. Maybe that's too sadistic, but so was he. He made my life a living hell, and well, I'm sure at one point or another he crossed the wrong person and ended up paying dearly. I'm not a religious person, but I'm not an asshole either. I know I shouldn't be happy about anyone's death, but when I heard about it, it clicked in my head. I won't ever have to see or hear from him ever again. They ever find who did it? No, but I have a hunch. He was sleeping around and he slept with the wrong guy's girl. He was known to do that. Wow. So, care to tell me of your troubles? That hardly makes you trustworthy. Wow. Must be bad. I'm a cop. You don't have to lie to me. I'm not lying. Uh Aha. An ex-cop, to be more accurate. I was on a case and my partner and I were attacked by a crazy woman. She had hung several bodies, victims, in the woods and gutted them. During the attack, me and my partner were separated. He was never found. There was a similar attack in a small town in Massachusetts a couple years earlier. I went to investigate, even though nobody believed my story. They didn't believe you? It was a hard pill to swallow, because they never found my partner's body. Or the woman. Oh. I decided to leave some details out. I'm sorry to hear that. I wasn't supposed to continue my investigation. And I involved someone I shouldn't have. A survivor of the attack. Involved them in what? While investigating, I was once attacked again in this small town by someone else. Well, that's just bad luck. I think the cases are linked, but again, nobody believed me. Not only that, they think I may have been the perpetrator. Wow. Yeah. So, now I'm on the run, trying to solve this thing. But my vices have prevented me from doing so. And now I'm completely fucked because my drunken ass left my car on some train tracks and I've lost all my files, my books, everything. Now I'm not even sure how to proceed. There you go. Okay. You win. 
there you are. Any news? No, but I got pictures of the site. Hull's private investigator was a scrawny bald dude in a stained polo shirt and khakis. He held an envelope and passed it to Hal with confidence. I also got a list of what they found. How'd you do that? Bribed a cop. I also talked to a woman who lives not far from the train tracks. She said she saw a woman walk off into the woods. She walked into the woods? That's what she said. Uh, Sorry, I should introduce myself. Gary. She knows who you are. We had plenty of time to talk. Michelle. Nice to meet you. Hal's phone went off. He quickly checked it, shook his head, and put it back in his pocket. So, where do we go from here? Well, I've called the Spokane Police Department. They won't disclose anything yet. But it made news, so if your assumption is right, FBI may get involved. And soon. If they're not already. Very true. So, where do we look? Couldn't she be anywhere by now? Enough time has passed. Possibly. That's why I've been hitting up a lot of the smaller towns around here. She's probably in hiding. Well, what if she's long gone? Just then, Gary walked up to Hal and nudged him. Can you, uh, do that thing? I've tried. It's not working. What thing? What's he talking about? It's nothing. Another friend who's helped out. But he can't now. I don't know. I haven't seen, uh... I mean, I... I haven't talked to her in a while. For some reason, Hal's demeanor had instantly changed. He became reserved, uncomfortable, as if he didn't want me knowing about his friend. So, what, we just go from house to house? I've been keeping tabs on police activity. In the meantime, we need to keep talking to people. Now that you guys are here, we can work faster. Payment's still the same? Of course. Good. I'm running low. Gary smirked and then pulled out a large mop from the van. Now. I've explored Deer Park and Elk. It's possible she headed back towards Spokane, but I would think she would try to avoid the city. Okay. See, you should have gotten here sooner, before she went to Canada. Canada? <gasps> Wait, did, did she actually go to Alaska? Like, did she help find the bodies? Most likely. Anyway, the lady I talked to lives here, south of Elk. Way south. Right. But I've already been to Elk, and all of this is woods. I'm thinking she either jumped on this road here, or maybe this one. So she headed for Diamond Lake? Sound familiar? No. It's just the only thing north. Or she headed for the border. Okay. So maybe we could... Hold on. Hal reached in his pocket, then stared at his phone again. He then showed it to me. You know it? I recognized the number. It was Tiffany's. That's my friend. The one you called yesterday? Yeah. This is the second time she's called. You want to talk to her? I think I should. It could be a trap. You call her on your phone? She did. Could be police. No, I don't think she would do that. Okay. Here. Make sure... Not to mention... I know. Tiffany? Hey, I'm glad you answered. You okay? Me? I'm fine, but I have something to tell you. What? A cop called me. A detective. Okay. Don't worry, I didn't tell her I talked to you. 
<sighs> okay. But she also called Breen Kennedy. Really? What'd she say? She told me if I talked to you that I should give you her number. That's it? No. She also said I should mention the name Emily Rowland. Rowland? Yeah, Emily Rowland. I remember you mentioned a cop you talked to named Rowland. The cop who asked you about the cruise ship recently. That's right. Did she say anything else? No, not really. But I have her number. It's a Florida number. Do you want it? Yeah, I do. I'm glad your friend told you. It was a gamble for sure. But you're not working with the SDPD? No. To gain her confidence, I told her what I knew about the ship disaster and what I knew about Roland going to see her. That I had led her there. Listen, Michelle, I'm really sorry for what happened to your family. I saw the news. That's why I reached out. But I also reached out to you because I was worried about you. I'm fine. Right. But uh, I just thought because of Roland and because of things that have happened, I thought maybe you were hurt. I'm not. I got away. But you haven't gone to the police? No, I can't. I shouldn't even be talking to you. Why? Because of my safety. Listen, I'm here to help, but I'm also here to find Roland. She's missing as well. You haven't talked to her recently? I tried calling her a while back after her visit when my dreams were getting bad, but she didn't answer. I'm sorry about that. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm looking for her too. You are? Yes. It was dark outside, the only light coming from the neon vacancy sign. I couldn't sleep, and I wasn't feeling good. I thought my talk with Mary would help me. It did allow me to get some things off my chest, but now... Now I was antsy. I should be doing something, anything, instead of sitting here, on my bed, staring out at a nearly empty parking lot. Oh, come on, Roland, get it together. I was starting to get the urge. I needed something to calm me. I needed something to help me relax, but I had nothing, not even a fucking drink. <sighs> so, here I sat, rocking gently back and forth like an insane person. Roland. I spun around. Julia was there. Julia? Hi, Hi Roland. She moved over to me, pale and thin. She sat on the bed, and although she was right next to me, I didn't feel movement. Like David, she was just an apparition, an image. 
you to deal with it all as I ran away. Robert M. Lamb. Starring Amy LeRae as Roland, Catabelle as Ray, Jack Austin as Jake, Ariel Hack as Michelle, Brian Messick as Captain Hiltz, Mitchell Beck as Ansel, Mark Karoftis as Oliver, Joseph Harmon as Hal, Rachel Stidham as Mayor, Brandon Levine as Ed, Gina Coyle as Torv. Chris Titoli as Robart. Co-starring Lindsay Riley, Alexander Dottie, James Brown, Anthony Mayer, Corey Pettit, Kyle Mooney, David Quiqui, Joseph Berzinski, Monica Ward, Amber Simpson, Sherman Alpert, Ali Holcomb, and Robert M. Lamb as David. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Eldridge T'Challa of Nemesis Black at ReverbNation.com slash Nemesis Black. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Visit SevenLamb.com for more audio dramas such as this one. This has been a Seven Lamb production.